0: Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. I'm going to tell you about an Indian named Yellow Wolf. Now, I've talked to you about Chief Joseph and the Nez Perce Indians, but this is a little different viewpoint. Now, Nez Perce leader Yellow Wolf was actually a cousin of Chief Joseph. And as a member of Joseph's tribal band, Yellow Wolf uh, fought and surrendered with Joseph in their tribe's attempt to escape to Canada in the summer of 1877. Now, when Yellow Wolf sat down with a guy named Lucillus McQuarter to relate his tale uh, in the 1877 Nez Perce War, Some might have questioned his motives, but Yellow Wolf himself said, quote, I am telling my story that all may know the war we did not want. So anyway, his account is one of the few from the Nez Perce who took part in that epic flight from the West. And as I mentioned, he sat down with this guy named McQuarter to tell his story. Well, a member of the band that followed Chief Joseph Yellow Wolf was a top warrior when the tribe found itself in flight and under attack by troops commanded by General Oliver O. Howard. Now, Yellow Wolf's grandfather and old Chief Joseph's mother were sister and brother. So that made him first cousin to Chief Joseph. And by, uh, in his account anyway, Yellow Wolf uses the term uncle to refer to Chief Joseph, maybe because of the age difference. But the peace chief who became a symbol for the Nez Perce during that fateful war was Chief Joseph. Now, their blood ties meant that quite often Yellow Wolf shared a lodge with Chief Joseph and his family. Born in the Walla Valley of northeastern Oregon, Yellow Wolf traveled eastward as a young man with other warriors. He hunted buffalo and other game in the area in and around Yellowstone National Park. He said, we had a good country until the white people came in and crowded us out, he said. Well, in 1863, the Nez Perce people gathered in council with representatives of the United States government to try to work out an agreement that would stop the march of white settlers and miners coming into their land. The council document, which became known as the Thief Treaty, led to the permanent fracturing of the Nez Perce power. Well, by eighteen seventy seven Chief Joseph had become the Chief of the Walla Band, but there were other important leaders who took part in a council ordered by General Howard. Now they included Olakot, Chief joseph's brother, the recognized war chief of their band, plus Whitebird, Two Hoo Hoo El zote, and Looking Glass Yellow wolf later said. To all of us, General Howard now spoke, and this is what he said in this council. He said, If you do not mind me, I will take my soldiers and drive you onto the reservation. In other words, <laughs> you better do it or else. Well, the Nez Perce tribes who had not signed the 1863 treaty, they resisted. But with more pressure on them in late May 1877, they left their home valleys and took their families into Idaho. They were gathered in an area south of the planned reservation lands at Lapway, trying to maintain their freedom and establish a way to avoid following the dictates of the agent. Well, some young men took matters into their own hands. Uh, One of them had suffered greatly when his father was killed by white men, and he, of several of his companions, retaliated by killing some white settlers. Now, this was the tipping point. As the military now set out to force the Nez Perce people onto the reservation, the opening attack uh, by military troops on Nez Perce families took place at White Bird Canyon on June 17, 1877. Well, Yellow Wolf, when he was telling the reporter his story, he said, quote, we were not expecting war with the whites. In the White Bird Canyon fight, Yellow Wolf said, quote, He ran to strike one soldier with my bow. I leaped and struck him as he put a cartridge to his gun. I grabbed the gun and shoved hard. The soldier went over backwards, but he wasn't hurt. He said, I wrenched the gun from him, and at some time, a warrior behind killed him. Well... At the time, Looking Glass and the families who followed him were not with Chief Joseph and the larger group of Indians. They were in central Idaho, where a different group of soldiers found and attacked their camp, burning most of their supplies. Now, this was an unprovoked uh, onslaught, and it led Looking Glass to join forces with the other bands. And it added strength in numbers and setting up a more powerful uh, confederacy, if you want to call it that. But with Looking Glass uh, was Yellow Wolf's mother who had saved Yellow Wolf's rifle from the attack on Looking Glass's camp when she took it apart and put it in her pack to keep it from being seen. Otherwise, it would have been taken by the soldiers. So anyway, Yellow Wolf said, I was glad to see my rifle. My parents had brought it. For me, with one good horse, so he said I now had my own 16 shot rifle for the rest of the war. Now, still attempting to avoid direct fighting with the troops that uh, massed against them, the Nez Perce people moved toward the Clearwater River. They were racing horses on July 11th, having a good time, when the troops once again attacked in a battle that actually lasted two days. Now, Yellow Wolf said uh, as the fighting began, he, quote, jumped on my horse and galloped down the hill. He said he saw spurts of dust where bullets struck the earth near him. So he said, as he said, I whip my horse for all in him. And though he's being shot at, Yellow Wolf said he recalled the instruction, instruction of his old uncle, his old uncle, Yellow Wolf, that said, if you go to war and get shot, do not cry. Well... The attack led to the destruction of Indian lodges and possessions. Those not destroyed were abandoned as the tribe fled east. They headed into the mountains, crossing Lolo Pass on a route roughly parallel to to what is now U.S. Highway 12. Now, folks, I have uh, driven that uh, over the Lolo Pass, and uh, even uh, with horses and walking, it, it was not an easy route to follow. Anyway, they skirted around troops who had moved in from Montana and set up a barrier in the canyon, a place known as Fort Fizzle. And ultimately, they dropped into the Bitterroot Valley of western Montana. Now, they believed they had escaped the pursuing troops in Idaho, so they trailed south to a place called the Big Hole Valley. On the morning of August ninth, 1877, Yellow Wolf was in a lodge at the lower end of the camp when soldiers under the command of a guy named Colonel John Gibbon attacked. Well, Yellow Wolf did not have his rifle with him, but when he heard the gunfire, he, he as he said, he says, I grabbed my moccasins and with others ran out of the teepee. I had only my war club. Well, once outside, a younger boy gave Yellow Wolf a gun but it only had one shell, and as he entered into the fight, he came upon a wounded soldier who had a gun and a belt full of cartridges. So he said, I struck him with my war club and took his government rifle and ammunition belt, and he said, I now had a gun and plenty of shells. Well, the battle at the Big Hole was a tough blow to the Nez Perce, with many injured and killed, and as the young men, like Yellow Wolf, fought, and held the soldiers at bay. The families, under the direction of Chief Joseph, fled south. Now, again, folks, I've been over there by Big Hole, and it's a beautiful area. But it just, uh, as I look over there and think of what happened, it uh, I don't know, it's kind of a strange feeling.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy Make the same no brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: Anyway, after the big hole, and for the next uh, weeks, the people traveled across western Montana. They swung south into Idaho. Where some of the warriors raided an army camp, stealing what they thought were horses in the night uh, at this Camas Meadow, but uh, only to realize when the sun came up the next morning that they had mules. Uh, that's okay, but not as fast as horses. Well, in late August, the Nez Perce crossed into Yellowstone National Park. They followed the Madison River. And they actually took a tourist party captive for a few days and forced one of the men with the party to guide them through the park. Well, the Nez Perce families reached the Yellowstone River, crossed through into a place called Pelican Valley, and then followed the Lamar River out of the park to the Clarks Fork River. They passed near today's Bridger, Montana. They turned north again. Then they headed across Montana, intending to join Sitting Bull and his followers, who had already fled to Canada, following the Lakota victory at the Little Bighorn the previous year. Well, by late September, they reached the Bear Paw area. Now they're only 40 miles from the Canadian border and the present town of Chinook, Montana. Well, they believed they had outrun General Howard and would soon be across the medicine line, as they called it, which was the U.S.-Canadian boundary. And with Sitting Bull, they figured they would have a future up there. But the Army had organized a new command led by Colonel Nelson Miles that came in from the southeast and intercepted the Nez Perce at the Bear Paw. A five-day battle and a siege led to the death of Nez Perce leaders Olacott, Looking Glass, and zote Okay, I probably didn't say that right. Anyway, the soldiers captured Chief Joseph, but they released him when the Nez Perce tribesmen took soldiers as captives. Well, as the weather turned colder and food supplies for the tribes was just getting less and less, Chief Joseph made the decision to surrender his rifle in order to save the old people and the children. White Bird and many of his followers including Chief Joseph's own 12-year-old daughter fled north and successfully reached Canada. But Joseph and those most loyal to him, including Yellow Wolf, surrendered. Well, they were forced to march to Fort Keogh on the Yellowstone River and then taken by boat to Fort Abraham Lincoln in Bismarck, North Dakota. Now, before ultimately being sent downriver to Fort Leavenworth Baxter Springs, Kansas, and Indian Territory, they called this new region, and in their tongue, it looks like Ikish pa, which stands for the hot place. And many of them died before they were ultimately allowed to return to the Pacific Northwest. Well, Yellow Wolf traveled by train with Chief Joseph and the other members of the Chief Joseph Band to settle on the Colville Reservation in eastern Washington. And this is where he would tell his story to this guy named McCorder, who was a, uh, a reporter of some kind. But that's where, uh, where uh, he died in 1935. Uh, so Yellow Wolf is buried in a small cemetery where Chief Joseph... Who had actually died in 1904 is also buried. So that's the story of Yellow Wolf and his connection with Chief Joseph and uh, the Nez Perce Indians. Uh, Folks, my dad was born up there in uh, Chinook, Montana, and lived there for the first eight or nine years of his life. And he tells me about the severe, cold, cold winters. So. You can imagine by this time, Chief Joseph knew that the older people, the young ones, could not survive. And so I'm sure his decision to surrender was the best outcome. Anyway, that's the story of Yellow Chief. I hope you enjoy listening to that, and we'll see you next week